Welcome, LBR Future Thinkers. This is your host, J1 the Great. And today, on the LBR Podcast, episode number one, we will be covering the segment on spirituality. I want to begin with a disclaimer. I want to remind you that I am not a genius or a guy who is trying to sell you a quick fix to your everyday issues. I am simply an average person who is trying to share some of my perspectives with the world through this vast echo chamber we call the internet. I also want to remind you that none of these ideas are my original thoughts because more than likely they came to me via the process of social osmosis. Therefore, my word is not the law and you are welcome to disagree with me wholeheartedly. My objective is simply to put an idea out and let you grapple with the thought. The intent is not to push a narrative, but to simply allow each person to discard the idea or to allow each individual to make it into their own idea or philosophy. Spirituality. What is it? And how can I become more spiritual? And don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button. Well, let's start with the concept of spirituality. If we look at the definition of spirituality in the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, one of the first definitions that we find says, something that in ecclesiastical law belongs to the church or a cleric as such. The second definition we find is clergy, anything regarding the church. And the third definition we find is sensitivity or attachment to religious values. The fourth and final definition we have is the quality or state of being spiritual. For the sake of not being overtly polarizing, today we will focus on definition number four, the quality or state of being spiritual. And that is not because we shy away from controversy. Actually, as a child of the internet and an avid user of my Twitter fingers, I thrive in chaos. Like Alfred once said, Some men just want to watch the world burn. But in all seriousness, the reason why we will avoid anything that has to do with the church or the church's definition of spirituality is simple. And that's because that will be a topic that we will unpack at a later episode. Today, we will focus on the idea of the quality of being spiritual or the state of a spiritual being. You see, many people believe in ghosts and the gray beyond. In many ways, that idea is tied to a religious connotation due to the premise of heaven and hell. I'm pretty sure we all have had many stories told by our friends and family of creepy, supernatural encounters with beings with ectoplasm full of spiritual energy who have come to haunt us from the great beyond. You see, many of you have heard the stories such as the infamous Bloody Mary. You know, Bloody Mary, where if you held a lit candle in the dark while staring in a mirror and you whisper the name 
three times. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. Did that give you goosebumps or freak you out a little? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Well, not really. I, I mean, I really meant to do so. And that's because, you see, as humans, we have been obsessed with the spiritual realm since the beginning of humanity. You see, as humans, we have a bad tendency to try to find meaning in everything. And I mean everything. From our careers... You see, because we want to do good in the world in order to be good with the cosmos or the stars because they can tell me if I'm going to be single or not or if I'm going to find love this year or if I'm going to grow old, alone, and fat. Or the rocks. Because the rocks are for healing when my soul is in distraught because I broke up with, with my thought of a girlfriend who gave me all the necessary red flags to avoid a train wreck of a relationship. But I couldn't, because that booty was too fat. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal? Or seashells that allow us to speak to the dead from the great beyond. Or random grasses that shamans burn to help us get rid of curses and be protected from the spirits also don't forget the mushrooms that people use to have psychedelic trips to make sense of consciousness we even attribute meaning to random old guys that molest children from time to time FBI, open up! and we as a society tend to overlook their nasty ass pedophilic ways simply because that old man is supposed to be a pontiff bridge between us and God. And how about the pastor who is bawling out of control, racking up the dollars in his or her mega church or stadium? Meanwhile, the neighborhood they pray on, and I don't mean pray as in ask God to bless them, but pray on as a tiger hunts down a feeble old gazelle, and squeezes the life out of his frail body. As those megachurches and pastors squeeze out dollars out of their congregations, sometimes under the misconception that giving to the church may give its members a more mature or stable spiritual affinity. Meanwhile, the neighborhood around them suffers in poverty and all his ailments. I can continue on and on about these things that may be perceived as spiritual, but that make no practical sense to our human experience. I am a firm believer that everything we do should serve a practical and viable purpose in our existence. In other words, everything we do should register with us in a physical and an emotional level. If we approach spirituality with this criteria in mind, I believe we can find a reasonable explanation to a spiritual experience as humans. You may be thinking to yourself, how can we have a physical experience yet simultaneously have a spiritual experience when just two seconds ago you were referring to the idea of ectoplasm in a very sarcastic tone? Well, 
I must say that the idea of ectoplasm is a cool idea, especially from a cinematic point of view. This is a shout out to all my fellow nerds who know what ectoplasm is. And I'm not talking about the biological definition of ectoplasm, referring to the most viscous clear outer layer of the cytoplasm in an amoeboid cell. Nonetheless, if you have never heard of this word, no worries. It just simply means that you probably were never bullied as a nerd. If you have ever seen the movie Ghostbusters that was released in 1984, then you know that ectoplasm is the term used for the green gooey substance that ghosts leave behind once they have passed through you, otherwise known as ghost slime. If you have not seen any of the movies, I recommend that you watch them because they are a good way to kill time, especially during this confinement. Start with the classic 1984 film that features Bill Murray as one of the lead roles, and then the sequel, Ghostbusters 2, that debuted in 1989. You can also check out the 2016 reboot version with an all-female cast starting Melissa McCarty as one of the lead roles. And look forward to the 2021 reboot of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife, featuring that kid from Stranger Things, I believe, that plays the character Mike Wheeler. If you want to take a moment to Google ectoplasm, you can. But I must tell you that the film's explanation does a better job of explaining ectoplasm. Go ahead. Put me on pause for a second. Meanwhile, you go down the rabbit hole of the paranormal and the occult. Anyways, as you see, the idea of a spiritual dimension being a physical one is a funny concept and a very weird one. I have to make a quick note at this point before all my fellow ghost believers come at my neck. <laughs> and I have to say that from a personal standpoint, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts simply because there's not enough empirical data that supports the existence of ghost or ectoplasm for the sake of argument. Even though I have had a personal experience with someone who had perished days before, and days later, I had a full-blown conversation with this individual in person. I don't necessarily know how to explain it, but it wasn't anything that was frightening. It wasn't a frightening experience. On the contrary, it was amical and friendly. I can also say that maybe it could have been a case of mistaken identity from my part. Therefore, I don't really know. With that information out in the open, it's hard for me to believe in life after death within the framework of thought that ghosts exist. But I have to say, I don't rule out the possibility, even though I don't believe in the existence of ghosts. And that's simply because I am not an all-knowing being. And I can't say with irrefutable certainty that ghosts don't exist. Nonetheless, if science doesn't confirm the existence of ghosts, I don't see myself sipping from that Kool-Aid. But hey, science has denied vehemently the existence of Bigfoot, but I still listen whenever a squatcher claims they have found evidence. It is my personal hypothesis that Sasquatches actually speak to each other in what might be a language or some sort of early proto-language or something. 
they sound much like very large men grumbling back and forth to each other. Some people say it sounds like a samurai chatter or something, and actually that's what that sort of vocalization is now named. Like, they sound better than that. Therefore, take my word as you will. <laughs> when I say that spirituality has to make sense in a physical level, I don't mean ectoplasm or any paranormal phenomenon. When I also say on an emotional level, I don't mean fear, because we're scared of spirits or the paranormal. Fear is something innate, something that we all as humans experience, because we all fear the unknown, and that's why we tend to fear death, because we don't know what awaits us after death. Therefore, any paranormal activity or fear of the unknown does not serve a practical purpose in our daily life. That's why we must only concentrate on that which we all can relate to in our human experience, and that's our everyday life. To make spirituality practical in our daily living, we have to talk about awareness. I want to hold a quick experiment for a second. I promise it won't take long. And you can perform this experiment with your eyes open, closed, while driving, while sitting on the toilet, in whatever mundane or exhilarating activity you are in the middle of. I simply want you to be in complete silence for two seconds. And during this period of silence, I want you to say, my name is blank and my favorite color is blank. I will give you an example. My name is J1 the Great and my favorite color is black. Now there is one catch. You cannot say anything audibly by using your mouth or your vocal cords. I want you to say everything completely in your mind. Go ahead and try it. I'll wait. Now you must be thinking, this is a waste of my time. <laughs> well, the only reason I asked you to try this exercise is that I wanted you to hear your inner voice. You know, that voice inside of our head that psychologists call consciousness. Consciousness refers to your awareness of your unique thoughts, memories, feelings, sensation, and environments. Essentially, your consciousness is your awareness of yourself and the world around you. Think back to the very first time you became aware of your inner voice inside of your head. Can you remember that far back? If you're anything like me, you cannot remember the first time you became aware of that voice inside of your mind. That's because, as far as we can remember, that voice has always been there. But one thing is for sure, eventually both you and I became aware that we do have an inner voice. Awareness is a revelatory concept because it bears us naked with nowhere to hide. Right now, in your mind, you're aware of all your insecurities. Sometimes that voice is ruthless and lets you know what you think of yourself. It lets you know if you're insecure about being poor, short, hairy, fat, bald, if you have a small penis or a missing testicle, if your balls are the size of grapefruits, but your penis is so small that you pee on your giant balls. Or if you have man boobs, or if your boobs or breasts look like long yams with very elongated areolas, 
Or if your vagina is not aesthetically pleasing to look at and you think it looks like an Arby's sandwich with extra ham falling out of it. Arby's, we have the meat! Whatever your insecurity is, that inner voice lets you know. But it's funny how we become aware of our insecurities. Most of the time, it's because someone mentioned it to us. It can be something as simple as our mom or dad calling us fat when we were children. Before that moment, we probably lived our life in blissful ignorance, enjoying any sweets and not ever counting carbs. The moment that someone makes us aware of our flaws through an insult or just an innocent comment, it's almost impossible to turn that insecurity off unless we come to terms with it. The moment that our feelings are hurt or crushed, we go through emotional trauma. Moreover, many of us happen to carry this trauma for the rest of our lives and have to deal with it daily. The older we get and the more insecurities we pick up, we learn to compare ourselves to others. And now no one has to inflict that trauma on ourselves because our inner voice does it on his own. Therefore, spirituality is all about becoming aware that we are conscious and that we have our inner thoughts and feelings that we have to deal with daily. When we can realize that, then we can also acknowledge that if we have to deal with our feelings and our thoughts, then other people also have to deal with their feelings and their thoughts. The moment we become aware of this fact, then we have to choose whether to move differently in order not to inflict damage or trauma on others, or we can continue living a callous life, inflicting pain on every person we come in contact with. When we see spirituality within these parameters, then there is a paradigm shift. Spirituality at its core is an emotional endeavor, and when we become aware of how things affect us, then we can make a choice not to affect others. That idea is a practical idea that is viable in our everyday existence from an emotional point of view and also from a physical point of view. From a physical point of view, just imagine that everyone was aware that we are all wired the same way and that we all feel and hurt in the same way. The world would be a much better place if we as humans were to hold ourselves accountable for the well-being of one another. There would be no more trauma in the world because everyone would make sure that everyone is taken care of. That's why a famous biblical character named Jesus once said that one part of the summary of the law was to love your brother just like you love yourself. Because if you are aware that things affect you, then you will try to keep the damage to a minimum for yourself. And you should want to do the same for your brother. Even if you don't subscribe to the idea of a biblical messiah, at the base form of the human experience, we can all agree that love feels much better than hate, than oppression. It feels much better than jealousy, resentment, hostility, animosity, pain, enmity, etc. Love seems like an abstract idea that is unattainable, but in reality is more practicable than any other philosophy. The simple fact is... We are wired to recognize and understand our own pain. The simple fact is that we are wired to recognize and understand our pain. And as a byproduct of that awareness, 
pain serves us as a catalyst for each one of us to understand the pain of our fellow humans. No matter your race, religion, creed, politics, we all can agree that we all like to be loved or to feel loved. Spirituality, in layman's terms, is the understanding that we are wired emotionally the same way and that we have a choice whether to hurt our brothers or to treat them the way I would like to be treated. By no means is this an easy task, and I'm not insinuating by any stretch of the imagination that I am spiritually more advanced or that by some miracle I have figured it out. All I'm saying is that we all have a responsibility to move humanity forward, and love is the most suited tool we have at our disposal as fellow humans. No matter what happens, don't give up hope. Because if we cannot make any changes at the macro level, then we definitely can make changes at the micro level. Like the great late Kobe Bryant once said, Life is too short to be bogged down or be discouraged. So just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving. Again, remember, my word is not law. This is simply an expansion of an idea that has been impactful in my life. I hope you have enjoyed yourself. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and click that bell for more notification and updates on similar content uploaded to our channel. And share the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Make sure to write a comment below and give your opinion on the subject. And welcome to our community of LBR Future Thinkers. Also, let's see if we can get this video to a thousand likes. That way I can drop our next video. See you guys later.